The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast for Tuesday. This is August 17th. Wow, middle of August already. Time is flying. We're in week 21 of the fantasy season, fantasy baseball season. We're on our stretch run, Fred, finally. We can finally say we're making stretch run decisions now. I think so. I've always questioned when you can call it the stretch run, and uh, I kind of I kind of cheat and probably say it's the stretch run once we hit August, but yeah, yeah I think I think, mid, I think mid-August definitely you can say it's the stretch run yeah i think so too especially because your lineups are set like the next time you for this week like the next time you set your lineups will be in the 20s for august well into yeah. the 20s yeah, yeah that's true that's true yeah. uh there there was a manager i i, I, I should give prop, proper attribution uh but i forget what, who said it was a broadcaster quoting a manager i think it was jim leland uh quote uh, no it was john Toperser. Uh, uh, Rotowire's Pittsburgh writer quoting Jim Leland saying pennant races start August 15th. So here you go. We're good. Yeah. Like don't talk to me until August 15th about whether we're contenders or not. We'll, we'll see now. And your reds are contenders. It's past August 15th and they are contenders. Just not. Yeah. But probably not in the division. Nah, seven and a half out. They do have a head to head against them next week. And I think another one in September, uh, and nine games against the Pirates. They're currently playing the Cubs. They do have a, a big schedule advantage over most of baseball, but I don't think really over the Brewers. The Brewers have yeah, a similar have the same, schedule. Yeah, same thing. So I just don't see it. Plus, the Brewers pitching's healthy. So yep. I think the only way the Brewers would have collapsed would have been if if a couple guys like Burns or Peralta, if the innings had added up for them, and then you know beginning of August, and not shut down, but more injured, like like what we saw with maybe like Tyler Glass now or something, where he's he's going great guns, and then and then all of a sudden he's out for the season. Like the Brewers would have needed some things like that, and their pitching to fall apart. Their pitching is so good and deep, and the bullpen's good. Uh, I just can't. It won't happen, especially like you said with an, enough NL Central games on the docket. Like, so, but but. Reds Padres for that last wild card spot, and you just never know. You get in that wild card game. I I know it. Lo- like if it's the Dodgers, and if it face like Scherzer or something or Bueller, like that's a pretty big uphill battle. But you never know. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But you know what? Uh, I I'll, part of me will be satisfied just getting to a, a wild card game. 
But yep. part of me is like, at the same time, like, okay, this is a window we have. And, you know, Cassianos might opt out. Votto is having an incredible year. It's probably unlikely to repeat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Winker's having a great year on the IL right now. You want to take advantage of these situations while you still can't. You know, I think, you know, Castillo is going to start to get more expensive. They'll start hearing more and more trade talk uh, rumors about him. So, you know, I, you know, I, I want to be competitive in the playoffs. I'm still a little, you know, regretful that we didn't try to do more to compete in the first place, but we'll see. I do think about like what would have happened if they didn't trade away Iglesias. That's probably three or four games that we, that they would have won. Uh, you know, he would have blown one or two of them on his own, but there have been, there's been so many of them that uh, it just, it, it, it just is frustrating a little bit there. So no winker. Uh, instead of calling Nick Senzel back up, in fact, well, instead of activating Nick Senzel and just keeping him on the active roster, they, they optioned him on Sunday. Uh, and then on Monday, when they decided to set, uh, put Winker on the IL, they didn't call up Senzel. No, they, they they instead they called up the shortstop prospect Jose Barrero, formerly Garcia, uh, and that one surprised me a little bit. Uh, yep, I, I was surprised too. Um, I think Aquino could get a little bit of a run here while Winker's yeah. out. I could see him, you know, not, nothing like amazing, but you know, he's got an eight twenty one OPS this year. Uh, he's got plenty of pop. I, I could see him just getting a bit of, yeah, like I said, just getting a bit of a run. He's a right-handed batter, which maybe kind of balances them a bit. I like just because we know this year they haven't been as good against lefties. Now Winker's a big reason be- yeah. for that, but maybe, so maybe that balances them a bit. Now, I mean, Senzel's a right-handed batter too, but the thing with Senzel that's interesting is like, like we get really excited about him in fantasy because there's that power speed combo that's tantalizing. But when you step back and look at him from a pure baseball perspective, so his career OPS is 704. It's not great. No. And I, I know he had the COVID issues last year and then this year he's been hurt, but I mean, he's often injured since the start of last season. He's got three homers and four steals. His batting average. I can't totally, I don't see it since the start of last season, but I'm going to guess about 225. So, I mean, Senzel is a cool kind of a cool long-term maybe prospect. He's 26 now, I guess not that long-term for the Reds. He's interesting. I think they could get a lot for him in a trade if they ever wanted to. I think they could roll him back out there next season if their outfield's a little thinner and say, this is our everyday guy. But I'm not feeling like he's a must call up. Like when I look at that 704 career OPS and it's been being dragged down the past couple of years and Aquino's career OPS is 833. So that's a big difference and it's over basically the exact, oh no, Senzel's played a little more. Either way, they've both got a sample of plate appearances, which is pretty big, but not massive, right? About 400 for Aquino, about 600 for Senzel. I don't know. I don't think, I, I also Senzel's been out forever. So if they want to just leave him in AAA and let him play every day for a while, I could see that too, maybe instead of just bringing him up and playing him sparingly. So as a Reds fan, the perspective here is he is a second overall pick. He mm-hmm. hasn't been – we were like, oh, just wait until he has a full healthy season and you'll see what he's capable of doing. Well, he hasn't had that full healthy season. Um, and they've jerked him around. That's the thing that really bothers me. Development matters. Um, you know, it's tough uh, when, when you've got to play – when you're trying to become a major leaguer and you're trying to learn to play a lot of different positions. Is this, is this year is a center fielder. On his current rehab assignment, he was playing some shortstop, some second base, some third base. Mm-hmm. They're treating him as a utility player, which maybe that's what he is. But this whole career, is he a third baseman? Is he a second baseman? You know, is he a center fielder? They, they've never really settled on that. And I, I, I think that's 
been to his detriment. There's been some talk actually in Toronto this year about whether that's to Kevin Biggio's detriment as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I know that like if you can be that guy who can play all these positions, uh, it's really valuable for your team, right? The Cardinals do it with Tommy Edmond. You know, if you can be that guy who plays every day but could play anywhere, it is really it is really valuable to your team. That being said, the the talk in Toronto this year, I think Biggio's off year is just a neck strain that just neck back injury that just won't go away and it'll need an off season. But but there's been some talk here this year that you know maybe the Blue Jays need to just give Biggio a position and say that's your spot. You know, forget about defense. Do your thing in that spot. You're not going around the diamond from day to day. And now let's work on getting your offensive game back. And maybe the same thing with Senzel. Although I think they did have a plan this year originally for him to play in the outfield full time. Um, he just he he can't stay healthy. I'll be very interested yeah. to see where he goes in fantasy leagues. He was surging at one point in March. To me, he's a little bit of the classic trap pick where he throws up a couple March homers, a couple March steals, and all of a sudden he's in round 12. And then, you know, cause you're like, Hey, maybe we can get a 2020 season of this guy. I'll be interested to see where he goes next year. If he's going around 25, I'll be interested, but I don't think he will. I think people will buy yeah. back in if he has an everyday job and he's going to go back in round 17 or 15 or something like that. Right. Right. You know, it's, and if he has a good spring, Oh, he's back. Yes. He's fine. He's healthy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, though the way the Reds are treating him, they may not. He may not have a job to come back to. I mean, you look at the Reds as they're constructed right now. They actually, they desperately could use a DH slot because they have extra bats mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um. You know, Mustakas and Suarez are pretty much the platoon partners right now. Now, both of them have been disappointments this year. Keep that in mind. Suarez, especially. I mean, yes, he's got the homers, but he he's also really kind of killing you as far as uh getting his on base. His strikeouts are just through the roof uh and you know musakis has been hurt a lot of the year too you know he's one of those sneaky disappointments this year you know a lot of people are expecting big things from him this season self-included and it just hasn't happened yeah now do you pin any much of that on him or do you think that's just an injury situation and you know it's not not really him to blame he's just just hasn't been able to get healthy and get in a groove this year probably not health just not healthy but i mean yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating. You know, this is two years running, though. He, he was kind of a mild disappointment last season, too. Now, yep. he also had injury issues last year, too. So, yep. yeah, it's Mike Moustakis. It's kind of one of the things he does is get hurt, unfortunately. Yeah, I've never been a Moustakis guy. I've very rarely had him on my fantasy rosters. Yeah. Um, I feel like when you think Mike Moustakis, you think like like superstar power hitter. And he's had two superstar power hitting seasons. He had a 2017 one with the Royals and the 2019 one split between, uh, or sorry, or sorry with the Brewers. The 2019 one was with the Brewers. Uh, 2018 was pretty good. The split one. So we had a nice run there, but, but career 752 OPS. It's, it's good. It's that's fine. Like it's not that great for a power hitter. So, you know, uh, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. I don't know. I've just never really been a Moustakis guy. Just see him as a, a, like, if you get the 35 homer season, then he's pretty valuable. But if you don't, if you get the 27 homer season, something like that to go along with a batting average that doesn't help you no speed. I don't know. I, I've never really seen it. I've never been that into him. I find he often goes in the first 10 rounds and I more have him valued as more of a guy who should go in the middle 10 rounds. Well, it's funny. Uh, the, the evolution of what's happened too, since he's been out, Jonathan India has settled in at second yeah. base and leadoff. Uh, you know, he leads the National League and runs scored since he got moved to leadoff uh, on June 5th. Uh, had a big day again last night. 
Uh, he's got a 396 OBP. You got to play him up there. And just he's making pretty good defensive plays now. He was real choppy early on, but it's not like Mustakas is a plus defender. Uh, meanwhile, Kyle Farmer just had the best month of his career uh, in, in July. So you had to kind of leave him in and, and kind of keep leaving him at shortstop. They called up Barrero, who's the future. Uh, that leaves and, and Votto's flying. So that leaves third base, just a split between yeah. Suarez and Mustakas. Mustakas has played like six out of 11 games since coming back off the IL. He's not even an everyday player right now. No, I think I think he's a drop in in some leagues. I would I would say he's a oh, drop yeah. in twelve. I'd say he's a drop in twelves, fifteens. Uh, I wouldn't argue if someone like had a guy they really liked. Whether you needed speed and you went after yeah. a couple of the speedsters that were on the wire on Sunday, um, or something like that, or you just you know if Mustakas just doesn't fit the needs of your team here down the stretch. And he's a part-time player and your bench is full of pitchers you want to hold or, or injured players or whatever. I think, I think Moustakas is a drop in a lot of mixed leagues. So I bet he's over rostered in every format right now. If you just look at, like you said, like those other guys aren't really coming out of the lineup. Um, so, and, and it's hard to think that he's going to catch fire in this part-time role. And all of a sudden right. he could, he could, but it's, it's, it's not that likely for him. He's going to have limited opportunities to, to do it. So I think he's probably way over rostered. And by the way, I think India he's to me is like a huge key to this thing that's happening with the reds. Oh, because yeah, I absolutely. always felt like this lineup was crying out for a leadoff hitter. Yeah. And, and, and we thought in the spring, we thought it might be Senzel he kind of fit the profile a bit. He could run a bit, but, but he didn't totally have the on base skills to me. India is, I know his, his bat up's a little high this year. So maybe this 283 average is a little high, but either way, if he can be a 360 on base guy, 365, something like that with a bit of speed, a bit of pop like that. Like I said, that lineup, it had guys in the middle, Winker, Votto, Castellanos, et cetera, yeah. these power bats like Suarez and Cast and Mustakas who haven't excelled, but to get a leadoff hitter to me was just it was just exactly what they needed. And that's oh, been the massive. key, I think. Yeah. Absolutely math- massive. Yeah. And you know, he, he's got like a 12.5% walk rate. I'll take that any day. Uh it was, it was June 5th, I think, is when they moved him to the leadoff spot. And he is already kind of on a roll going into that. Uh the Reds had a uh a four game set in St. Louis that swept the Cardinals in St. Louis. And that was mm-hmm. actually probably big for both teams. Now that you think about it there, but since then he's hit 299, 416 OBP five slugged 520. I mean, he's done everything they've asked for 38 mm-hmm. uh, walks during that time. He's been hit by 11 pitches too. So that bump, bumps up that OBP yep. a lot too. And 57 runs scored. I mean, he, he's been exactly what they've needed. Yep. So rookie of the year, I think, right. I think so off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not a big, when I used to work for MLB, I used to help with some of those projects um, right. to get like the, the lists ready for some of these awards, like rookie yeah. of the year. And then I would pay more attention to it. I've never been in any sport, a big awards guy. I've never been a big hall of fame guy. I've never been a big awards guy. I can kind of get into the MVP debates mm-hmm. um, and the Cy Young debate, but I've never in any sport been a big, like keeping track of the awards as we go through the season. I just find them all like not to take anything away from rookie of the year, but we all know an award like that in baseball fluctuates massively from one year to the next where there's a year where there's maybe two unbelievable candidates and then a year where it's right. in a league where it's kind of flat and it's a, it's an easy award to win yeah my attention to those awards is definitely localized you know if it affects my team then i'm, I'm going to care more uh and i'll care more in the off season but the funny thing is i definitely care more about those awards in baseball than any other sport 
Uh, mm-hmm. Far more than football, far more than basketball. Just right. But yeah. baseball, I do care. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, this podcast is sponsored by friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions and even more so making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, that's what Fred does, and try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Uh, so the team that the Reds are chasing is the San Diego Padres. They lost again last night in Coors Field, six to five. Had you know they rallied in the ninth. Trent Grisham hit that big homer, mm-hmm. and then C.J. Crone walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, this is a team that this is you know they're without you, Darvish. They just got uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. back. Of course, he homers twice in his first game back and playing right field, ridiculously good as always. Uh, but their problem right now is they're starting pitching. You know, you Darvish is is hurt. Other their other pitchers are pretty darn unreliable right now. Ryan Weathers has been in a bad way yeah. for a while. Uh, you know, Blake Snell's been better, but do you really trust trust him in a big game? I know I don't right now. Uh I, especially not on the on the road. Uh maybe at home I might. You know, Joe Musgrove has been really good all season, but he got torched his last time out too. Gave up six earned runs to the Diamondbacks on Saturday in a game where they got no hit. Uh it's 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 weird. Start you know they thought they had this uber amount of depth at starting pitcher, and here we are, and they can't even find five healthy guys right now. It's true. They also in the bullpen just lost Drew Pomerantz right for Again. the rest of these. Yeah, and yeah. I think this is it. So, um, yeah. which was a huge piece for them. The one. So I want the Reds to catch the Padres because I love underdog stories, and mm-hmm. I think the Reds are a really cool underdog story to catch the Padres. However, I will say that part of me wants the Padres to do well because they are a team that went out in the off season and went for it. Yeah, exactly. Aggressive moves. And the Reds did the opposite. And you just know that every sports league is a copycat league. And if the Reds make the playoffs and the Padres don't GMs will look around and say, see, look, the Padres mortgaged their whole future to get all of these veterans and it didn't work out it, on paper. They were good and it didn't work out and they didn't even make the playoffs. And this is why we shouldn't go too crazy, but we want teams to be aggressive and we want teams yeah. to make moves and not sit on their hands all off season. So for that reason, also getting to tease in the wild card game, I think would be really good. Like, like I, like I said, there's part, I love underdog stories, so I'd love to see the Reds make it, but man, a Dodgers Padres wild card game where you've got guys like Betts and Bellinger and Turner and everything on one side, and you've got Tatis on the other side. And maybe, maybe Darvish is back by then It's Darvish Scherzer or Darvish Bueller, or, or maybe Musgrove goes like that would be, that would be a, one of the best wild card matchups I think we've ever seen. Yeah. You know what is funny is, if we had last year's expanded playoffs, both those teams are in. Yeah, absolutely. Easily, comfortably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And 
And you don't have the pressure of a one game. One game no. basically takes all between the Dodgers and Padres. Uh, you, you get them playing regular series, probably against different opponents, lesser opponents, if you will. Uh, and they don't have to face each other. I mean, that's the one thing that's kind of a bummer is that by definition, if the, these three teams in the NL West, you're going to have two very good teams playing each other in the playoffs unless the Reds pass one of them. In which case, the, NL West, the remaining NL West team will be the home team, almost certainly, and will be a heavy favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I was a fan of the expanded playoffs. I know a lot of people weren't. I do understand why a lot of people weren't. I'm just conditioned, I think, from hockey and basketball yeah. and everything to be okay with having a little bit more teams in the playoffs and a little more hope. I do also realize that will encourage major league teams to do what the Reds did in the offseason and just maybe aim to finish sixth, fifth, sixth in the in, yeah. in the National League and say, hey, we're still in the playoffs. Like That keeps everyone their job and we get exciting October baseball, even if it's just for a couple of days and who knows, maybe we'll go on a run. Like I get all that, but I was a fan of the expanded playoffs, so no, yeah. I know. I know a lot of people weren't. I'll say this: it was kind of bittersweet. They made the playoffs and then didn't mm-hmm. score a run in the playoffs. Yeah. They got yeah. two road games where they got shut out by the Braves twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it, they, you know, the Red did the Reds really benefit from it? I mean, granted, they couldn't have couldn't have had fans anywhere last year, so I don't know. It was yeah. That's part of that's part of the reason why it was structured like it was too. Uh, yeah, because they couldn't have fans. So, yeah, to, to me, meaningful September baseball for your favorite team is just so awesome. Like everybody talks about the playoffs, but if you're a football baseball fan, like we are, I mean, and other sports as well. But if you're a football baseball fan, to have the NFL starting in September and to have your favorite team playing meaningful games and for you to be scoreboard watching, like I feel like when the Blue Jays are in the hunt, I'm six days a week i'm just watching them play and scoreboard watching and then sundays kind of check out of it maybe for one day and just binge nfl and then you're right back into it on monday and it's just amazing and it almost like if you go deep in the playoffs that's almost like a bonus like the september stuff unless your team's the best team or something but generally yep. like just getting that meaningful september baseball is just I don't know. I, I love it. So it's massive. That's what I like the expanded playoffs for is just more fan bases getting meaningful September baseball. And even like fan bases last year, like the Marlins and, and everything, you know, the Marlins weren't, they're a massively flawed team, but their fans, all four of them got meaningful September baseball and, <laughs> and, uh, and a little bit of meaningful October baseball and saw a bright future with some of these pitchers that they have instead of just these pitchers throwing meaning pitching well in, in games in September that just don't matter. So right. instead they were pitching well in games that did matter for them. And like I said, it was a very flawed team, but, but for their fan base, I think that's exciting. It is. It really is. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I look at it from that standpoint and yeah, I, 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 I'm, I wouldn't mind a little bit of more of a, of a thought. I just, mm-hmm. I get cynic. I think I can't let the business of baseball. I mean, I can't not let the business of baseball aspect of it interfere with my opinion, though. And I just see it as a cynical cash grab from the owners a little bit, especially how they t- tried to force the players to say, oh, you want a DH? You want a universal DH? Well, give us this big bargaining chip. Uh-huh. And a year before, by the way, they collect the bargaining agreements up. I can see why it never came to fruition. But uh, I thought that it was it was an interesting ploy, but I also it wasn't a, nearly the equivalent benefits there. But uh, that that's the way I was looking at that. Um, you're Blue Jays. So they're they're kind of hanging around. They're eight games out in the East, but four in the wild card. They need to, they need to get it on a run so they can get that meaningful September baseball. Still, 
Yeah, absolutely. Bad road trip, right? The two they got two out of four against the Angels, which is like meh, like not great. They did run into right. the Angels when Otani was pitching. Like you'd try to avoid him, you know, especially with that six man rotation. You just try to hope you don't get him, but. And then the losing two out of three in Seattle. I, I like. I know Seattle smoke and mirrors this year, but the Jays fell into that smoke and mirrors for a couple of days. And like that was a week where I felt like they should have won at least one more game, maybe two. I don't know. Now, now they only have a five game week. It's a, it's a very favorable week with the Nats and the Tigers. So we'll see. I think they should get four out of five. That should be the goal. They're hanging around, but the Yankees have really put their foot on the gas right now. And the Blue Jays need to, they need a run here. They need to catch up. I know they have some September games against the Yankees and not to say that they'll have to catch the Yankees specifically, but uh, the Yankees have really like, like the Blue Jays are now, you know, behind the Yankees by about three games and still have to catch Oakland and or uh, Boston. So uh, I think I'll have meaningful September baseball with the Jays, but if they don't want to run that meaningful baseball may go to like September 15th. And this is for a team that did go for it, by the way. Yep. You signed Springer. That was huge. Uh, you've yeah. made multiple trades. Uh, so, oh, Brad Hand worked out predict- predictably poorly. Uh, yeah. I, I hated everything the Blue Jays did at the trade deadline. So I hated getting Brad Hand. I hated getting Joaquin Soria. I like yeah. some of their earlier moves, getting Dickerson and getting Simber. I thought that was good. Um, I don't have anything against getting Barrios. I just didn't like giving up Austin Martin. Uh, there's been some kind of word around here that maybe the Blue Jays aren't enamored with his power potential and think that he'll be like a high average hitter, just doesn't have a ton of power in the majors. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's going to be a really good major leaguer. I didn't, I did not like the moves they made at the deadline. That being said, the, it's not like the moves they made at the deadline made them better for now. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't like it. This, this Blue Jays team on paper is good enough to catch some of these clubs. They yeah, just got, they need to put it all together. They just they just can't quite do that. They just they get they win a game or two and then have a starting pitching clunker, or they win a game or two and the bullpen blows one. So we'll see. Yeah, the uh, the blown game against Seattle, which was aided in large part by a hideous call at home mm-hmm. plate. Yeah, um, that 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 was a tough loss. That was a really really tough loss yep. there. So uh, I don't know. We'll see if they can bounce back from that. They're in. They're in a tough spot, tough division. Like you said, the, the odds are against yeah. them. Uh, yeah. It's just. It's not just the numbers. Uh, it's also the number of teams that they have to get over, and good teams at that. Absolutely, and that's part of my reasoning why I liked expanded playoffs. Was just it yeah. takes away something. Like you just said, the NL West is so tough. The AL East is so tough. If the Blue Jays were in a lot of other divisions, they'd be looking amazing right now, and everybody would be talking about you know how good how good they are and. Um, you know, if you, if you expand the playoffs a bit, you take away some of that divisional bias. And I think in other sports, that's what fans seem to really push for in hockey and basketball. I know they keep pushing for, you know, less divisional importance, more conference importance. So, or men, and sometimes they'll even talk about just going to top 16 teams in the league. I'm not quite there yet, but um, yeah, but that's not the reality of baseball. We'll see what comes out of all these labor negotiations in the off season. I'd have no problem with top, X number of teams in each, each division, each division, I mean, in each uh, league, I think mm-hmm. that'd be, I'm fine with that or conference, whatever you want right. to call it. Um, I still like a, the imbalance schedule. I like playing your divisional rivals yeah. more. Um, yeah. But then again, I understand to do that. If you're going to do that, you have to have the division have some meaning too. I get it. Um, so anyways, yeah, I, I, I guess what I would probably do is go, you know, still have, you know, the t- three divisional winners, 
and then maybe expand it to maybe I don't know. I guess it's it's the problem. Any other problem is like the number of teams making it too. Like, do you do mm-hmm. six? Do you do mm-hmm. if you do six? Do two teams get a buy? How do you do that? I mean, mm-hmm. then you have to look at the logistics of it all. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's. But let's start start talking about some individual players. But before we do that, real quick note from our friends at Thrive. NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 guaranteed for NFL Week 1. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. That's it. Very easy. Thanks to uh, Thrive for sponsoring us. You want to talk a little bit about Stephen Brault. Uh, I always want to call him bro, uh, but it's Brault. Pitched well against the Dodgers yesterday, and then the Pirates bullpen blew it. You know, funny thing is, I used him last week, Fred, because he had two starts. Uh, This week, I think I might actually cut him in my 15-teamers because like, oh, well, he doesn't have a good start. It's against the Dodgers. And, you know, I need that spot. I need someone yeah. to cut. So sure enough, I cut him. He pitched well. He, and I guess he might have two starts this week after all. Uh, you know, I, I this, all right, you know what? I think he's supposed to have two, and then they move things around. So I only had one. But regardless, is he an option going forward? What Do you like Steven Brault? No, not real. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> um, I like, I want to, uh, because I'd like to like any starting pitcher who's coming up right now. That's like, I'm so desperate to get some, but, uh, okay. So I'll say a couple good things about him. He's only walked two guys and he walked two batters in his three starts. So that is good. Strikeout rates, not good. The team he pitches for is not good. The problem with Brault is, as kind of like a five inning type guy. Like he did go five and two thirds last night, which is impressive, but I think he's going to mostly, so his pitch count has been under 80 in all the starts. He's going to be really efficient to Mm -hmm. go more than about five at at 75 pitches or so. Um, How many games can you win playing for the pirates and only pitching five innings? Like how many times if he makes, I don't know what, let's say he makes nine more starts this season, eight or nine, nine, let's say he makes nine. That probably pushing it. it might only be eight starts this season. Um, in eight starts, how many games can you win pitching five innings for the pirates? One or two. Yeah. My, at uh, that point, at that point. And, and so if he's only going to strike out, so, so far he's striking out four batters per start. Yeah. So I can get a reliever off the waiver wires who can strike out four batters in a week. So if I'm only getting one start from him and I'm only getting one or two wins the rest of the season, I think, again, I can get a reliever off the waiver wire who can get me one or two wins the rest of the season, strike out four batters a week and probably have better ratios. Right. And as you alluded to in the outline, where are you finding these starters right now that you can mm-hmm. trust? I mean, they're just not there. Uh, yeah. And we knew this going in was going to be a problem. Get your innings you know, earlier rather than later because yep. a lot of teams are going to shut it down. And there, there's... And what we're really seeing now is real stratification between the haves and have-nots in baseball. Yeah. You've got teams like the Cubs who are just simply terrible. Uh, you know, every night they're giving up tons of runs, and it's the tack on runs. You know, Justin Steele pitched fine last night against the Reds, mm-hmm. but as soon as that bullpen came in, it was, it was just horrible. It just blew up. Yeah. So I mean, you take Brault and put him on the Padres. I'm interested. 
right? Yeah. Like I think he could win another another game or two if he was pitching for the Padres the rest of the season. And but the Pirates are firmly in the have nots. Um, and for, so for that reason, I, th- I think I'm not interested. I think from this point forward in the season, if I see a starting pitcher on the waiver wire who I like, I will go all in. Um, so in one of my 15s, uh, for some reason, I can't figure, I guess because he was hurt briefly, but Anthony DiSclefani was dropped um, in a, oh, not wow. a main event, but in a 15 um, was dropped and the previous weekend was available on Sunday. And in my opinion, like I had to have him. So I overbid, I bid, I, not that I think I bid 67 and I couldn't believe that the runner up was only 27 and there's lots of people with, with money left. Um, but yeah. to me, I was like, like to, to, to get a guy who pitches well on a contender for the, this stretch run, like in the national league, like I, I was like, this guy is a must have eat, whether I needed starting pitching badly for this week or not, I'm right. going to, I'm going to need it. And he's going to be in my lineup most weeks. So yeah, Brault, I don't think is the answer, but I got to respect what he did against a good Dodgers team last night. But beyond Brault, um, if I can find a starter who I like, like, like I think you have to go aggressively after him down the stretch. And then, and oh, then you, can throw, you can throw $2 out at all the Brault. If Brault has a week where he's got a one start and it's at home against the Cubs and you want to use him, then that's fine. Throw, throw $2 at him, throw $4 at him, whatever. And, and if you want to use him for one week, that's fine. But I don't think he's a pick him up and you know, and use them the rest of the way kind of guy. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on yeah. that one there. Bear with me. My cat is trying to eat my uh, microphone wire. <laughs> um, so, um, so if I was distracted just for a second, that's why. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, what about Jake Arietta with the Padres? Definitely a team that's contending, but, oh, and his first starts in course field. If you, if the, is that something that interests you? <laughs> oh, he may not, he may not last past that start. Like he might no. make that start and they could cut him six eighty eight ERA this year in his 20 starts with the Cubs. And yeah. now he's going to start in course field. He could have a 20 ERA in that game and they could cut him. So no, I can't take Arietta. totally opposite of brawl. I don't think I could take Arietta even in like, so he's on a good team. If Arietta had a one start home to the pirates next week, I don't even know if I could use him. No, I he's that does, bad this year. One seventy six whip. The only thing he start, it makes me happy for is if you have Blake Snell, all of a sudden you get a home start with Snell instead of a Coors Field start with Snell this week. Yes, so, uh, that would help. That would, I don't have any Snell, but the, for those who do, that would help a lot. Yeah, I only yeah. have one one share of them, but mm-hmm. uh, that that's enough. It's probably yeah. one too many for this yeah. year. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it was a. a Someone cut him and I picked him up uh, just to see, okay, let's give it a shot and see what happens. But yeah, that, that's the thing. It's like the Cubs. Oh my gosh. They're just mailing in Fred. It, it's just brutal. Um, so what's your, what's our alternative? How are we like, how are you adjusting? I think I know, but I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll just tee it up for you. What are you doing since you can't find starters? Yeah, I'm going to be a little more reliant on middle relievers now, especially middle relief. Now we have such a big sample size. We can figure out which middle relievers are, often used in high leverage situations and, you know, pitch often for their teams and have pitched really well this year and have pitched well lately. And I know that's a lot of criteria, but in all honesty, there's so many middle relievers out there that you can find some who meet it all, whether, so I picked up, I mentioned on last week's podcast, that I picked up Devin Williams in a couple leagues. I'm so amazed um, he was available, but yeah, yeah. He, but, but yeah, when he was bad, he was dropped. And then 
I think that we're so much chasing these Stephen Brault's trying to find some more starters that he just kind of hangs around on waivers. Um, this week yeah. it was Andrew Kittredge who I grabbed in a couple leagues. Um, nice. You know, the Rays use him a lot. They use him in high leverage situations. Um, they're home for seven games this week, which is nice. He did not pitch yesterday. That's fine. But he has eight wins and two saves this year. Um, you know, their, their bullpens is unsettled in the ninth inning as ever. So I believe he could get two or three more saves the rest of the way and maybe a couple more wins. So if I could use Kittredge the rest of the way and get two wins and two saves and good ratios, so far he's got a 133 RA and a 0.92 whip. Like if I could get those ratios the rest of the way or something like them. I'll take it. And, and maybe he cost me a few strikeouts over some one start streamers. He's more like a three strikeout a week type guy, but, but I'll take it. So he was my guy this week. Um, you know, Chad green got a save last night for the Yankees. He he's still, he's still kind of on and off the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Um, he's pitched really well this year and is constantly in high leverage situations and has a lot of wins and a few saves. So I think these are the guys who I'm going to use to kind of push me across the finish line. If I lose one point in strikeouts or something because of them, then that's okay. But yeah, Chad Green has seven wins and four saves. Well, if you could get that's two, awesome. If you get two more wins out of him and just have him do what he's been doing, 308 ERA, 0.86 whip, if he could get you one ratios point and maybe he costs you a strikeouts point because you don't quite get the volume of a starter, but he gets you one ratios point somewhere that you wouldn't have got if you were using starters. So that's kind right. of a wash. I don't know. I think I'm okay with some of these guys the rest of the way. And um, last year in labor, um, my team won and was on fumes for probably the, my pitching staff was on fumes for the last about three weeks of the season. And that was a shortened season where we hadn't had as much time to build category separation, but I was rolling like five or six relievers and they were not all closers. I was like rolling like right. two closers and like three or four middle relievers a week down the stretch because I just couldn't find any starters. And it actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it protected the ratios. They picked up these vulture wins. It Like I said, it was better than I thought it would be. Yeah, and uh, that's great. And you find the Brent Suter, who's got 12 yeah. wins now. I mean, yeah. he's not great, but he's getting you multiple innings at a time. And he actually, he's got a sub-3 ERA. I mean, he's not hurting you ever. Uh, he's not getting you a ton of Ks, but, man, those wins are so nice. You just find the hey, – granted, it's it's kind of – you know, you know, wins don't beget more wins. It's not necessarily right. an indicator, right. but at the same time, you're like, well, he's – you look at the the reasons why he's getting it, it's because the Brewers are good and their starters mm-hmm. go to go deep. So use them. Yeah, I think that like you said, wins don't beget more wins. So I think the trick is don't worry about the wins. More worry about looking at what innings these guys are pitching and how many close games they're pitching and like what are the yeah. how many high leverage situations are these guys pitching in and is their team such that you can actually maybe expect their team to you know, to win some of these games, Chad green winning games, Brent Suter winning games, they're on good teams. That makes some sense. So, uh, right. you know, trying to pick up the same type of player on the pirates. Sorry, if you're a pirates fan listening, um, I keep picking on them today, but you know, that maybe doesn't make as much sense. So right. find the guys who are pitching well in high leverage situations on a consistent basis. And, 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 and you can go week to week with some of these guys, right? Like find the ones who have seven games that week and, or, or good, uh, seven games against bad teams and, and grab a reliever out of that bullpen. So right. you can, you can go week to week with th- some of these guys. Like I, I grabbed Kittredge and maybe I'll have Kittredge the rest of the way, but maybe I'll have him for two or three weeks and then I'll find someone I like better. You can't have five of these guys. Well, I did in labor last year. Usually can't have five of these guys, but, but you can rotate around and have one or two of them in your lineup and your closers. 
Yeah. Well, last year was yeah. such a unicorn year too. I mean, yeah. we were talking two months. So there is probably yeah. a, a greater pool of people to draw from because we didn't have the attrition that we had this year where so many guys are hurt too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. In a, in a second, we're going to talk about someone that nobody is talking about. So we'll talk about <laughs> it. But first, a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, Fred. Who is someone that nobody is talking about that we are required, so we will talk about him now? That has 14 homers and 10 steals. Yeah, so no one's talking about Jonathan VR, but so and that's not, by the way, that's not who I thought you were going to say that no one's talking about. But I think we have someone on our list who even no one is. Well, maybe people are starting. I'm to using talk about your him. outline. It says but, no yeah, yeah, one is talking about. No him. one is talking uh, about Jonathan VR, and he has been. So he went, I think, from overrated to underrated to just completely off the radar, but. Honestly, Jonathan VR could finish the season. We'll see how playing time goes with the Mets the rest of the way, but he's got a 759 OPS. That's above his career average. It's totally fine for a guy who also brings position versatility and speed. Um, Yeah, 14 homers and 10 steals, and none of those came in April. So he's got 14 homers and 10 steals since the beginning of May. Uh, Four homers and two steals so far in August. He's hitting 298 in August. He's playing every day with Lindor out of the lineup. Um, I think VR And Baez out, too. And Baez out, right, exactly. So we'll see how playing time goes the rest of the way with the Mets. But uh, Jonathan VR is an interesting guy in that he just often finds ways to contribute to fantasy teams. You know, uh, whether it's the base stealing... There's a little underrated pop there. We've seen we've seen sometimes he's got a 24 homer season to his credit. He's got a 19 homer season to his credit. This year will probably be. I mean, he's already at 14, so it'll probably be in the high teens when we're all said and done. Yeah. Um, so there, that's like some decent pop, and we know he can steal bases. Um, he I, and he's multi-position eligible. I think he's an underrated guy. It's just to have him at the beginning of the season, you had to you had to have him on your bench when you probably couldn't afford to because he wasn't playing and. And in April. Um, but if you want, so VR to me is this guy who once an everyday job opens up for him, you have to have him and use him. 
And then as yeah. soon as that everyday job's gone, then just get rid of them. Yeah, which is handy. Yeah. Um, I look another guy on your outline. Sure enough, he's also on your team and friends and family. I went to go look to see if maybe he's available. Is uh, Bradley Zimmer? Uh, I was just gonna say, most people aren't aware of him, but if you have him, I say in a deep league, an A only league, or sixteen team mix, you know what he's doing. You do, uh, uh, you do, Fred. You have uh, Bradley Zimmer. You know what he's doing this month. Yeah, he's been, you know, he's an, another interesting power speed mix guy, underrated base stealer. You know, he's got nine this year. Um, since he came up, he came up late May. He's had two or more steals every month. Um, so pretty consistent. Uh, not a big batting average guy, but but it's 251 this year. He's not hurting you. And and a little bit of pop now. And the Indians are trying out these outfielders down the stretch. He's getting chances to play. Mercado's getting chances to play. I think they want to see what they have in these guys. They're, they're all like near the end. Well, Zimmer's way near the end, I guess, of his prospect status. He's kind of beyond that. But but I think they kind of want to see if any of these guys should be part of their team next year or not. And that's the right way to do things when you're out of the race. So, um, yeah, I think guys like like Zimmer, Mercado, there's, there's uh, you know, we, we chase – it's easy to chase the players on the best teams um, mm-hmm. who get all the, all the buzz. Uh, a lot of fantasy leagues are won – in August and September, like to those, those pivotal few standings points by finding useful players on the bad teams, on the teams that have given up and who's playing. Uh, I'll give you another one. I've, I've grabbed Frank Schwindel from the I Cubs. I knew you were going to mention him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've grabbed him in a bunch of leagues. I don't have him everywhere, but I have him in a lot of leagues. He's hitting second and sometimes cleanup, but he's always hitting high in the lineup for the Cubs. He's probably hitting over his head right now, but they have playing time just readily available. He had a great minor league season this year finding these guys like everybody gets excited when the red Sox call up a prospect or the yankees call up someone or something like that finding these guys who come in on these teams who have given up and just play every day and put up respectable numbers the rest of the way like that can be the difference in a lot of leagues i i called him on the sunday podcast i called schwindel the brian lahair of 2021 uh if you remember he was the the, (laughs) they kept the seat warm for anthony rizzo and then about after the all-star and made the all-star team that year yeah yeah um Yeah, useful guy to have. And you can hit him at the beginning of the season sometimes too, I guess is the point. But you look for opportunities on non-contending teams. You know, Cleveland, they're not terrible, but they're not contending either. Um, No, and and that's actually, yeah, that's not a bad mix, right? Like not terrible, but not contending for for guys like Zimmer. That means that they're not on a contender, but they are in a lineup that has Jose Ramirez, that has Fran Reyes, right? That has some some decent players in it. Uh, (laughs) On the topic of Schwindel, I actually turned down a trade uh, in Tet Wars on the weekend because the other person asked for Schwindel. I gave them an offer. They said, could, could I get Schwindel? What was the to... full offer? Let's hear it. So, so it was, uh, it was Tommy Edmond. I offered Tommy Edmond, uh, and Freddie Galvis and some fab for Ryan McMahon to someone who needed, who was like in a tight steals race. And I am not, and Edmond can really turn that steals race in the NL. Um, and I, so I wanted to deal Edmond, for just someone who hits for some power or some, someone with a different skill set. Um, they wanted Edmund and Schwindel and I didn't do it because I really like Schwindel. And as you know, depth in those only leagues is so important. So I was trying to feel hurt. He wanted a sweetener. 
It wasn't actually. It was Tristan Cockroft. So, okay, okay. Um, and I, I don't think he was unreasonable to ask for Schwindel. Like the guy's been in the majors for a couple of weeks. So, right. I mean, we can't value him too much. But, but I, I valued him a fair amount because he's an everyday player who hits high in the lineup and in an NL only. There aren't a lot of those. And one path for victory for my team will be to just, I think, accumulate counting stats the rest of the way. And he's someone who can help with it. So I turned it down because of him. Uh, you know, and so I, my quest to move. I think Tommy Edmonds really valuable in NL only. I, when I looked him up the other day, he was second in the NL in steals. So I think he's really valuable in that format. But uh, for my team, he's not valuable. So I need to find a way to move him. Uh, probably. Well, I don't need to, but I probably should find a way to move him. By it's the a good line. asset to move, and you're trying to improve elsewhere. I think. That's yeah, I just need to. I just need to make sure with the trade that I do improve elsewhere. Um, yeah. And I, so, and I haven't found that offer yet where I, I feel like I'm definitely getting more home runs or definitely getting a big on base percentage bump or something like that. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple other guys before we sign out here, uh, going, uh, yo help. Hozo. There's where I thought you were going when you said someone, no one's talking about, but people are kind of talking about Vlad was talking about him on Twitter, uh, yeah. earlier this weekend, Scott and I briefly mentioned him on Sunday night. Um, is he an answer? Well, he's catcher eligible, so maybe. Yeah, I mean, great minor league numbers this season. Not a, definitely not a walker, but that's okay. Um, yeah, if if he could hit for average, if Texas will play him, then he could be the answer, right? I mean, we play him primarily yeah. two catcher leagues, so in, in a two catcher league, I feel like this guy's going to get scooped up in every two catcher league on next Sunday. I think a few people had, were, yeah. Yeah. I think a few people were out ahead of it last Sunday, but if he plays for the rest of the week, I feel like he gets scooped up. I don't think I can scoop him up. I don't know if I can scoop him up anywhere. I'll have to see by Sunday, but I don't have a catcher spot that's really floundering. But in a 15 team, like with 30 catchers, if he's going to be Texas's DH four days a week, that would be like he's got to get scooped up, right? Well, the being Texas's DH isn't what it used to be. <laughs> no, that's right? very, that is very true. <laughs> I mean, uh, the thing is, you used to think, okay, Rangers. Oh, yeah, playing time with the Rangers. Yeah, but yeah. I agree, though. Um, I, I think the comparison of your mean Mercedes has been made a few times. Yeah. I think they're different players, but still, I, I could see it a little bit there. Uh, you you mentioned that the, the, the Texas has an OPS that's literally 100, point, 100 points lower than anybody else since the All Star break, which is true. Yet. Anytime I stream against them, they do well. It's really <laughs> annoying. Really annoying. Like I had Cole Irvin going against them Friday night in DFS. Or, you know, is DFS not uh, not streaming? But point is, they're really bad at home. They're really bad at lefties. And they scored eight runs. It's like, ah. That, that is that is that is so annoying. I actually just have, I have an article coming out later today in Yahoo um, saying basically to stream everyone you can against Texas right now because they've been so bad in the second half. And now they have added some of these guys who mm-hmm. maybe could could help them turn things around to some degree, like Pozo, like Hernandez, who we talked about a little bit last week. I added him in one or two leagues looking for cheap speed. Um, he's been getting some opportunities hitting leadoff. Um, but I but I mean we can't count on these completely inexperienced guys to turn the team around we'll see what happens but so i think i think targeting texas i i the article coming out says you know texas faces seattle here the next three days we've got tyler anderson uh we've got gonzalez and chris flexen yeah so all all three 
Yeah, are widely available in, I mean, they're not available in the leagues that you and I typically play in, but widely available in Yahoo leagues, ESPN leagues, things like that. Um, and they should be, they should be started against Texas. And you've had a bad experience with that. And I, I respect that, but I think you just, I'll had go bad, back to the well, I think though. you just had bad yeah. luck. Yes. Go back to that. Well, yeah, I, I will. Uh, yeah. Marco Gonzalez is on fire right now. Last three starts have been really, really good. Yeah. But uh, finally, after everybody yep. gave up on him, uh, that's yep. when he finally kicked in. But he he was hurt too for a while. That was part probably part of it. Flexen's interesting. He's got a really strong home road split. I mean, he's very strong at home, kind of weaker on the road. I don't know if that's all opponent based. I still would probably go ahead and use him though in the start. I agree. I, I don't usually get into single season home road splits unless they match like long-term park data. You know, if, if someone's got home road splits on Colorado, you know, or some if a giants pitcher has is really bad on the road or something that I can get into that. But usually I think the sample size is proven small enough that, yeah, if someone like Flexen has home road splits, it, it could just be matchup based or just luck based. He's had a couple, some bad, bad luck on the road or something like that. Yeah, that's right. Okay, uh, we got time for one more player. Uh, I want to close with your mind-blowing stat of the day. Uh, I want to talk about a player who's was DFA'd by a team this offseason and then traded in, right at the trade deadline, kind of an under-the-wire trade, yet he, you know, he, he is – well, I'll let you say the stat. Uh, the pl- There's only – go ahead. I'll set you up. That was a poor setup. To go, <laughs> just roll with it. I will roll it. So I was, so whenever I put together like a list of things to talk about on Tuesdays, I always obviously start by looking through the Monday box scores and seeing what catches my eye. Another Adam Duvall Homer caught my eye. I've, I only have him on my tout wars team where I think I got him for, I don't know. It was a small amount of dollars, say six or seven, which is, right. is, is really affordable. I'm just playing. Oh, five. It was even better than that. $5 in an NL only. Um, so, so this is re- actually remarkable, especially since he played most of the year on the Marlins, who have a bad offense. But he has there's only three players in the league who are ahead of him in both homers and RBIs, and that's Guerrero, Otani, and Devers. He's in the top ten in both categories. Yep. Um, just yeah, like like I said, like remarkable. He's probably going to finish the season with he'll get to thirty homers for sure, and could get to thirty five. I don't know if he'll yeah he could he could get to thirty five. He'll get to hundred. He should get to hundred RBIs. Like he's been in the mixed leagues, like he was a bench pick or an early waiver wire ad and has proven to be, uh, you know, again, he's Adam Duvall doing Adam Duvall things. He doesn't hit for average, you know, but as far as a one dimensional power hitter, you know, he's still one of the best in baseball. And I guess it shouldn't be that surprising. Like he's someone, he's 32. He'll turn 33 next month. He, like he's not that old to have his, his skills go away, but he's, he's basically the same guy who had those 30 Homer seasons with the reds about five years ago. Like if you look yeah. at it, his, the OPS is basically the same. The home run total is going to be basically the same. The RBI total is going to be basically the same. The steals total. He got five, he has five steals this year. That's, that's significant yeah. in, in this, in this environment. And that's what he had when he was with the reds, five or six steals. So he's bounced around. Um, but when he plays, I mean, like when he plays, he, he does, he hits like 16 homers last year in that partial season. He would have 30 homers last year. Easy. If we had played the whole season. So we'll see where Adam Duvall lands in the off season, but if he has an everyday job next year, I think you have to pencil him in for about 30 to 35 homers again next year. And, and it probably needs a, a lot more draft day publicity than what he got this year. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, unfortunately, where I have them is uh, XFL and OBP league with that 281 uh, OBP. That uh, is tough. I, I have them in that Terror Wars OBP, and that's probably part of the reason he was $5. But, man, yeah. you'll take that OBP if it comes with 34 homers and, and 100 RBIs or something like that. Oh, agreed. Absolutely yeah. agreed. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's what we're going to end with today. Uh, good stuff there, Fred. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your article. And uh, we'll do this again. We won't be in the morning next week. We'll be back to an afternoon time to be determined. But uh, we got the Prospect Podcast tomorrow uh, with James and Clay. And then I'm gonna I'm out on Thursday. So, James, you get a double dose of James this week. So significant host improvement for you. Uh, you get two, two doses of James. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to WinBet for sponsoring. Have a great day. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.